right, hello everyone, and welcome to the Built Not Bought podcast, episode three. I've got another awesome guest today. Um, this guy is not like family; he is family, and he's also just so happens to be one of my favorite people to talk to about work and life and all that stuff because he's got such a great attitude about just the world in general. So, Trevor McKay, thank you very much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, you are a, you're an HVAC guy. You're you've been in the industry for quite a few years now. Fam, family's been in the business again. Uh, we got a we got a consistent uh, trend going with this podcast. Um, what was it that drew you to HVAC initially? I I had to start with well, obviously my dad being in the industry and his father was a sheet metal worker owned a fabricating shop. Um, so I guess it, you could say it ran in my blood. But as a kid, I was like fixing things, my bike. You know, my dad would come from work, I'd have stuff taken apart, put it all back together. I've always just had um, an interest in mechanical. I guess the way things work and how things move and are put together and taken apart. So um, I was offered an apprenticeship when I was 18 years old. Um, originally, I was actually going to go to business school to get my degree in finance. I was a mathematics uh, numbers guy, but uh, this kind of, not so to speak, fell in my lap. But it was a very, um, I was very fortunate to to have the opportunity to to get into the trade and have a sponsor through an apprenticeship. So um, I started and just never looked back. Been doing this 13 years and don't regret any any decisions I made. That's awesome. Yeah. No. I when when uh, before we did this, I got you to send me a little email, just give me a rundown of uh, your career and how you got into it, just so we could get the ball rolling. But um, yeah. So initially it was finance. Hey, like what uh, what what was drawing you that way in high school when you were younger? That was the plan. I just really liked math. I could do numbers. Math is the one thing that, you know, formulas and equations, they always equal something. There's always an answer, which I found very cool. So I took all the appropriate math 12 courses and that was the plan. I was enrolled to business school for September. And when I graduated in the end of June, um, yeah, I was very lucky to I was just, I got a job doing this running parts basically was, was how it all started. And then some of the guys were like, you know, they're really working out. And my boss had offered me an apprenticeship. So I thought it'd be kind of silly not to take it. And I could always go back to school for business later, but I fell in love with it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so, you know, I've been through in, in a few different trades and math is always something that comes up. And for me on my end, it's never been easy. It's always been a struggle. Um, that being said, once I got to trade school, in high school, middle school, all through the grade system, it was always super difficult for me. But then once I had something to apply it to, you know, whether I'm doing a layout for a countertop or I'm building a sheet metal fitting, something like that, then it started to click. So yeah, math is super important and uh, that's a good leg up on everyone else that you had there. Um, so beyond that, uh, you, you went through the whole Red Seal program, the BC Red Seal program. How, how did you find that? Did you, was it, uh, I know some people really have a tough time with, uh, the school end of things and then they tend to thrive in the practical end. How was it? Did, uh, what was your experience? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I hear, I think kind of the same feedback that you've heard a lot of guys could be great on the tools, but really struggle with the, the theory and the, you know, the book side of things, but doesn't mean they're not a great mechanic. Whereas, you know, a lot of guys maybe aren't the best on the tools, but they're just book quizzes. Um, I'd say I was kind of like right in the middle. I was a 85% kind of guy. Um, just did my year of work and then my six weeks of school, year of work, six weeks of school until I finally got through. And then I just, once I did finish my IP and my gas ticket, I passed the courses and I think I had to wait about four months, um, just worth of hours to, to get my ticket the way it worked. But I think the program is a lot longer now. Uh, when I was going through as an apprentice, it was 7,200 hours you needed. And I believe it's 9,600 now. They, they want to see guys five years in the, in the field before they, they actually get their ticket. Whereas when I was going through, uh, it was only four years at the time. That make I mean, the technical knowledge isn't uh, isn't getting any easier. I'm sure, like many other industries, products are changing, the tools are changing, the way you interact with uh, all the equipment every day is changing. So I'm sure, yeah, yeah. It's like the amount of things that you have a USB port now, and you actually put a laptop into to set set points and to basically program the whole machine. It's, it's pretty wild. And that's come a long way. You know, I've only been doing this thir- 12 and a half, 13 years, and I'm starting to even see it. Like it's new technology is every year. There's something new coming out and it's, it's crazy. That's why training so important. You always have to go back. You know, if, if you are in the trades and if you're a younger apprentice, you might think, oh, it doesn't apply to me now, or there's other stuff to learn, but it's always there. And if you ever have the opportunity to, to take like a training program, then prefer anything any different type of whatever you're doing that's good yeah no i i i experienced a, a similar thing you know with my tile setting um the reason i'm a tile setter and the reason i was able to get into custom showers is because you know uh we have a mutual family member who had a, a flooring supply store and he'd call me every single time there was a product knowledge uh, meeting in my area and every opportunity I had to go and even if I never used the product before, if someone's going to teach me for free and, you know, give me some pizza and, and some soft drinks, uh, while I'm doing it, that's awesome. <laughs> that's right. All it takes is a free lunch, but it, it's so important and there's so much value there that, that some guys are just, you know, oh, too busy for this, but it's, it's very beneficial. And yeah, I'm glad that you were able to, to have some of that as well. Yeah, if you want to advance and and stay relevant, stay employable, you have to you have to be on the cutting edge at all times nowadays. Uh, I don't think a lot of people outside of the trades uh, really fully understand that yet. I think like like you say, even in your career, you're seeing how much things have changed in that short span of time. It's like think what it's going to be five, ten years down the road. What does your job look like? I bet you can't. In your mind's eye, are you able to place what it is you'll be doing on a day-to-day in five, ten years? It'll be similar, but I think that a lot of my tools will be more advanced and a, and a lot of, you know, yeah, I think the tools are what's going to change mm-hmm. for, for sure. There's not just going to be, yeah, I still use um, analog gauges where nowadays, like it's just a, mine's a needle, you put it on a machine and it shows you what pressure is in there and what it's running at. Whereas now there's digital and there's wireless probes where you can put them on and it's all through your cell phone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's becoming pretty, it's pretty cool that the, the changes. 
in a good and maybe not as good way. Who who knows? It's well, like you, like you said, you just have to stay on top of it. A tool is a tool is a tool is a tool, and uh, it's only as good as the operator. So um, I think uh, the company you're working for has something special, and a guy like you who's willing to uh, willing to stay on that cutting edge and learn. And you you seem excited about it. Every time I talk to you, you're you're. Uh, I remember, you know, we had a family visit last year, and and we stayed at your guys' place, and. You had work the next day, and I watched you go from fun time, Trevor. We're hanging out at the lake, having a good time. To, hey, everybody, game time. I got to get my game face on. I got work in the morning. All right, and uh, I really took note of that because I was like, man, this guy, this isn't his company, but here's the guy who he is locked in, and he is making sure that he is going to be ready for that full day tomorrow, especially being where you are up in Penticton with all that heat, all these coolers going down. Man, you're more important than the ambulance when the ice cream machine goes down. <laughs> Pro times, it feels that way. <laughs> yeah, just blessed you have a work truck with air conditioning for those 10-minute breaks you need every couple hours of the heat waves, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, tar and gravel roofs, I'm sure, are great uh, when you're going and working up there. And Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no escape from the heat, that's for sure. Um, so do you mainly, uh, work in commercial industrial settings or do you do some residential stuff as well? Uh, for the most part, uh, I've been in commercial HVAC and refrigeration for, yeah, pretty well my whole, whole career. We, my boss did have the opportunity to purchase a couple of, um, smaller, somewhat residential outfits over the last few years. So we have taken on a little bit of work. Um, it, for me. Being a service technician and not so much on the install side of things anymore, um, I don't see what the residential side is very much. Um, it, you know, if I am on call for the week and say someone's furnace isn't working and it's minus fifteen out, then yeah, I would get that call and I'd work on it. But um, for, for the most part, most of my buildings and my big contracts are, are all commercial stuff. Yeah, you you're in the perfect spot for it because um, the interior has those heavy temperature fluctuations during the year it's cold in the winter and it's warm in the summer so i don't think you're ever going yeah. to work <laughs> no i said yeah that's the one one thing i did think when i was picking this trade i was like you know what air conditioning and heating people need it pretty well all times yeah there's the shoulder seasons you know kind of april but even this year second week of april i was getting a minus five up here we had a, a really cold it was quite strange for this type time of year and I only turned on my irrigation two weeks ago because it was getting below freezing at night. Absolutely. It was, it was the same here. We had snow about two weeks ago, and now it's 24, 25 degrees out. So, wild. Like, crazy. Into the west coast of Canada. That's right. Yeah. Longer winters and hotter summers every year, it seems like. Absolutely. So, um, if you had one tool that you use that you cannot go without every single day what would that be i'd say it's my fluke multimeter uh, electrical meter okay so one right for the people who have no idea what that would be you want to give a quick description of why that tool and how roughly how it works yeah so it's uh, just a digital um it's an electrical measurement tool, so to speak. So you can take your amperages, ohm readings, um, voltage. So with electricity being something I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis on every single piece of machinery I work on, 
Um, I will touch that electrical, even though I turn the disconnect off. I won't touch that piece of machinery until I put my meter onto where the power comes in on L1 and L2, and I test to make sure there's zero volts there. Then I know it's safe because electricity is invisible, um, and it can be there without you knowing, like, without you knowing it. So that's the one thing I took and I took very seriously as a first year apprentice, um, because I, you know, had a couple of zaps in my day. So um, I've thrown a disconnect off before a three pull disconnect that didn't cut all three legs of power to the unit. It was faulty inside and it only shut off one leg. And I went to replace what's called a contactor. Um, then there was still live power there. So that's the most used tool every day, all day. And anytime a unit's turned off, it gets tested before I put my hands on you only make that mistake once. Exactly. Unless you can't help it. Then sometimes there's wires in the wall that haven't been marretted and are still alive, but that's another story. People do some crazy things sometimes. Oh, yeah. When I tear down the wall sometimes and you're looking behind, especially with showers, you know, waterproofing is a very important thing and you don't know that it's failed a lot of the time until it gets torn apart and you see the havoc that's behind there and yeah people people will get away with a lot so i totally get that okay so you mentioned that your grandpa and your dad have both been in the industry for years and uh you know i'm wondering did they instill anything in you that you still use today any lessons that uh, you can recall that are relevant? Yeah, I'd say my grandpa, um, we called him Papa. He was a metal fabricator. Um, and him and my dad, he told me a story once. And him and my dad, when my dad was an older teenager, they built a boat in his shop and they spent years doing it. And, you know, if you put your mind to something, you can accomplish anything. If, if As long as you, you know, work hard at it. Um, long story, they build the boat, they're going to put it on the trailer and they're about to roll the boat out of the garage and the boat won't come out. They built the boat a few inches too tall. So instead of modifying the bay door, whatever they else they needed to do for getting that boat out of the shop, he had my dad go around and jack up the entire base of the shop. And they put cinder blocks under it to raise the shop up to get that boat out. And then they finished it after. So if you set your mind to something, you know, it's a saying as old as time. You set your mind to something, you can accomplish anything. But, um, you know, in that case, it's you, you really can. And, and I've always kind of, that's always kind of stuck with me over the years. And don't be afraid to fail because things go sideways sometimes. But there's always a solution as um, long as you put your mind to it. Absolutely. That's something that I teach my girls. Um, you know, there's no failing as long as you're learning. Um, you got to make sure that you take every failure as a lesson and move forward from that. So that's awesome. That's a great piece of advice. And yeah, it's always stories like that. Um, I mean, if you have to jack up your shop to get your boat out, you're never going to forget that, right? Exactly. And you'll never do it again. Right? Exactly. You're never going to do that again. That's how, that's how the best lessons are learned. Absolutely. What so, will leave scars? Well, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, Bill to reset the foundation, but you know, if you can keep that in your mind, um, a lot of younger people that might be listening to this, it's, it's a super valuable piece of advice. And you know, your elders probably tell you that nonstop and it's like beating a dead horse. Like, yeah, yeah. But 
you know, it, it is true and, and they are full of knowledge, our elders. So it's very important to, to take their, their advice and it'll go a long way in the future. And then I've met your dad. And, um, when I met your dad, I was like, Oh, this is where Trevor gets it from. Just, just the general, you know, pleasant, happy, just, you guys are both guys that are fun to be around and again, just great outlooks on life. Um, so I'm, I, I know he taught you a lot. I know, uh, you probably take a lot from him, but is there anything special that really sticks with you? Um, you know, it's, he was always, like you said, I'm always ready to go to work the next day. And there's, you know, when it's, when it's time to work, we're working when it's time to relax and play, we're playing, but. Um, the one say he, he definitely taught me the work ethic and to be a company man. He always would say, you know, if say I have a quota job for two hours, um, to pressure wash some unit and I'm done it in an hour, then, you know, it doesn't stop there. Vacuum the inside of the, the machine or, or, um, you know, clean the roof off with the pressure washer. If there's stuff built up around the drains, give the customer some value because it goes so far down the road and. Um, I think I just got my complete work, like my total work ethic from my dad. He was the installation foreman. He taught me a lot of very, you know, very good and useful tools that I've carried. And I still do every day to now. Um, but he always did say to is, you know, it's just air conditioning. Nobody's going to die. Like, don't, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, you're young. If you can't figure it out, take the manual home. And, and think about it overnight. And I, I've done that numerous times when I was a younger apprentice and you know, on the roof and just getting really stressed out and thinking, oh, I can't do this or I'm never going to figure this out. Um, he was always kind of there to support me in that way where he's like, you know, take it home. Think about it. Get off the roof and drive home. You know, clear your mind, eat some dinner. And, you know, if you want to take a look at it that night, have a look at him and see him. And he, he, nine times out of 10, it clicks and you just, you were flustered up on the roof and you're stressed because you're on the clock and you want to get this thing going. And, um, I, I think that is what I'm saying that that was very beneficial, um, that, that he taught me. That's awesome. So the two things that I, I take from that is, and I notice neither of you guys have any woe is me about having to go to work. Um, sure. Yeah. I'm sure there's other stuff you'd rather be doing. I know you love fishing and, and, uh, like, but you, you, you know that it's something you got to do. And when you're there, you're going to put your time in and you are going to be efficient and valuable and take it seriously. And with that, um, like something, again, I'm trying to, I, when I have these conversations with people like you, I am always thinking, is there a younger guy who's listening or a younger woman who's listening to this? And I remember early jobs. Um, I worked at a sporting goods store in, in town and I hated it. And I would watch the clock and it would tick past and it would tick past and it takes forever for an eight hour shift to go by. Occupy yourself, sleep, yeah. pressure wash, clean, organize, whatever it is. Like you say, provide value. Your day will go by faster you will be more valuable to the company, which means more opportunity. And even if you, even if it's not with that company, you've learned 
that skill and you can move on and take that forward with you to your next job, whatever that may be. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Work ethic is, uh, yeah, it, I, I've, I've had so many experiences in the last few years, uh, especially like just going into a store and interacting with people while they're at work and you can tell they do not want to be there. You have to be there. We all got to pay bills. That's half the way it's got to be. And it's just uh, uh, a mental shift. That's all it is because you're there anyway. So I, I encourage people to to make that mental shift. Like I say, man, you make it seem so easy. But I, I again, that's a credit to your dad because uh, he instilled it with you so early. So yeah, good on him and good on you for, for listening because not everybody listens. I took a long time to listen to my dad. <laughs> Everyone's young and dumb, but you're teenagers, right? We we all know every single when we're that young. Yeah. Well, you, the the saying I go oh, we go back to, you don't know what you don't know. So, just assume that there's something to learn in the situation. Absolutely, there's always something. The day that you think there's not is when you shot yourself in the foot, because there's yeah, you learn every day. Another th- unique thing about you, Trevor, is that you got into HVAC early out of school and you s- never really, you didn't waver. You seemed to still enjoy it and you just were like, let's go, let's do this. I've had God knows how many jobs, so many different career paths, all these different things. I'm always trying something new. And up to this point, I can't tell if it's a flaw or a benefit yet, but um, you have been steadfast and you've built a beautiful life for yourself and your wife, Marissa. Um, she's a hard worker too, a nurse. Like you guys just, you guys are just, uh, you're a great, great couple that I very much admire. So, um, yeah, just wanted to thank you for coming on here and having a chat with me. Um, people like you are very important to the trades. Um, and I could very much see you teaching one day or any apprentice who, who comes under your wing, they are, I hope they recognize how lucky they are and, uh, take full advantage of your knowledge and your attitude. Thanks, man. I'm, you know, it's my pleasure to join you and, um, actually worked with an apprentice today and I felt really good. I was able to, to actually teach him a lot. You know, he's not so to speak green, but he's a younger gentleman and, um, he hasn't seen a whole lot of the commercial side of things. So just seeing his eyes kind of light up as I was showing him different things today, I could tell that he was absorbing what I was putting down and, and it was really cool to see is, you know, you kind of see yourself in a, in a way you're like, you know, that was me one day. So no matter how frustrating it can be, um, working with, with some people that, you know, might not know as much as you, you just have to take it with a great of salt and. Everyone started somewhere, so don't think you you know everything until it's it's fulfilling. Absolutely, and it's fulfilling when you can pass on that knowledge. And then I worked with, by myself for so long; it took me a while to get employees and stuff. Once you start teaching people, you go, "Holy, I kind of know know a little bit about this, don't I?" <laughs> you start vocalizing it, and you start going, "Oh." Like, it's not just a routine that I go through every day. When you're working alone, you just go and you pull out the tools and you do the job and then you leave. When you're explaining it to someone all the way along, um, yeah, you you really go, hmm, I might have something here. Exactly. It's a different like, view on it. 
so to speak, I guess. It's... Well, it reinforces things that you already know, and sometimes you catch yourself and go, you know what? That's a bad way of explaining it, and yeah, yeah maybe I'll explain this to you in a different way. It's a give-and-take relationship when you're, uh, you know, when you're a teacher and you have an apprentice with you. Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again, man. Um, we will definitely do this again. Uh, let's see where you're at down the road. So thank you. That late, man. Thanks for having me.